0: It's been a little while since we talked about the economy on the show, and we did get some positive news on that front last week. A key metric showed that inflation cooled considerably in November. The Federal Reserve took note and raised interest rates by just half a point, its smallest hike in months. And you may soon feel some of that relief in your daily life. But for weeks, a financial crisis has been brewing that you may not have been paying much attention to. Sam Bankman Freed, once hailed as the king of cryptocurrency, was arrested and indicted on multiple fraud charges last week following the collapse of his crypto exchange FTX. My guest this week is Alison Morrow. She's a senior editor with CNN Business. She's going to help me break down how we got here and why you should care whether you invest in crypto or not. From CNN, this is One Thing. I'm David Ryan. Allison, hello.
1: Hi, thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, so you write CNN's Nightcap newsletter. It's a daily breakdown of what's going on in the business world. And and you've been writing a ton about this story in the past couple of weeks. I want to start off first, big picture. I need a very basic m- middle school level explainer on crypto. Like, What are we talking about when we say cryptocurrency?
1: That's a very reasonable question. And it's a very complicated answer, but I'll do my best. Cryptocurrency is not traditional currency. So when you think about what what we call fiat currency, that's the U.S. dollar um, or the euro or the yen, that is all backed by a central bank. Hmm. Um, and a cryptocurrency, the backing comes from the technology underlying it, which is called the blockchain. Basically, this was all formed out of the ruins of the 2008 financial crisis, The person or people who started Bitcoin wanted to have an independent parallel financial system that could be the financial system of the future. It's like a
0: backstop in case it all goes wrong.
1: Exactly. They wanted a more utopian vision of digital currency that was easier to move um, and backed by the community that uses it.
0: Okay. So with that out of the way, who is Sam Bankman Freed and how does he fit into the bigger picture of the crypto industry?
1: So Sam Bankman-Fried got his start as a regular traditional finance trader at a hedge fund called Jane Street in New York. Bitcoin was more expensive in Japanese markets than it was in Western markets. He was able to buy Bitcoin cheaper and then sell it at a profit. That's called arbitrage. And he was able to make a lot of money doing that. So he actually left Jane Street and started his own hedge fund that was focused on doing those kind of Uh, cryptocurrency arbitrage trades, and that was called Alameda. So after he founded Alameda, he founded FTX, which is a way to get customers uh, to deposit funds onto the crypto website where they could make trades. And FTX made money ostensibly by collecting fees on those trades. It seemed to customers a fairly straightforward business proposition, the way you would uh, give a money manager a cut of whatever profits you make on your trades. That was sort of how FTX worked for everyday people.
0: NFL star Tom Brady and supermodel Giselle Buncheon are investors in the company. You just need FTX. The Miami Heat play in the FTX arena, and you might remember.
1: FTX was a massive hit. You know, it was only 2019 when it started, and it took off right away.
0: In less than five years, Sam Bankman-Fried went from buying his first Bitcoin to becoming a crypto billionaire many, many times over, and he's just 30 years old.
1: Prior to FTX's collapse, Sam bankman fried was the 30-year-old public face of crypto. He was gaining a lot of mainstream attention and testifying before Congress and advocating for greater regulation. We don't know what yet. We don't understand what's going on. But every single f-ing client of ours is asking us, why don't you offer crypto? I'm going to go to your competitor. He would do media blitzes. He was... Charming and quirky, and he was known to be kind of an oddball. Like he's just a
0: regular guy that was able to create this place where people can do their crypto stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a familiar narrative we've seen out of Silicon Valley. Sure. You know, I think a lot about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. Media and investors like this narrative of, like, a genius who's kind of doing something different and being bold and trying something new. So that was how he... Got a lot of people on board, and that expanded to include Tom Brady, Giselle Bunchen Steph Curry, the Warriors. Right, I saw a
0: Super Bowl commercial.
1: Yeah, yeah. They got on the Super Bowl and basically told the world, this is an easy, user-friendly way to get started in investing in crypto, which everyone knows is this buzzy thing, but a lot of people don't understand it. And I think they really played on FOMO there. Like, people saw their friends, you know, making a ton of money on Bitcoin and wanted to get a piece of it.
0: Mm. So. That sounds like a, a pretty upward rise for him and this company. So how did it all start to fall apart?
1: So what people didn't know was how those funds were being handled on the back end. And there's no way they could have known. But just four weeks ago or six weeks ago, depending on when you start counting, um there was an article that raised questions about the unusually close nature between Alameda and FTX. Now, on paper, those were two separate companies. They should have had very different balance sheets and very different operations. Their connective tissue was only that Sam Bigman-Fried founded both of them. But this article um, from a crypto-focused news site saw a balance sheet and noticed that Alameda was way, way disproportionately <laughs> loaded up with FTX coins, which suggested that there was an unusually close relationship between the two companies. And that sort of ignited a panic and caused essentially a run on the bank. Yeah, I mean,
0: this story is just so stunning. FTX was a powerhouse in the crypto industry. And then in just the span of days, it all blew up. It's just this incredible train wreck. And everyone. So
1: everyone was trying to get their money out of FTX. That created a liquidity crisis because FTX didn't have the cash to cover all those withdrawals. Two sources familiar with the matter told Reuters at least $1 billion in customer funds have vanished.
0: The NBA's Miami Heat had its venue renamed as FTX Arena just last year. But now that name's coming off the building.
1: So you had more than a million customers on FTX who could no longer get their money off the wow. platform. Um, and then Sam Bankman-Fried himself, who... You know, this past spring, he was valued by Bloomberg uh, at something like $26 billion. And all of that evaporated essentially overnight as the company became essentially worthless. It's remarkable how much money disappeared in no time. It's incredible. It doesn't even make sense.
0: So, Elson, before the break, we heard about how it all came kind of crumbling down for FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried during month of November what happened next
1: So he resigned as CEO the company was officially in the bankruptcy process and a new CEO a guy named John Ray took over and his job is basically to shepherd the company through bankruptcy and the ultimate goal there is to try to find you know pull together whatever value there's left in the company and try to make customers whole if they can and what we're finding out from John Ray, and this is the guy who made his name in the business by overseeing the liquidation of Enron, you oh, know, so the biggest corporate failure in the He knows American a thing or two history. about
0: corporate mess.
1: He knows a lot about corporate mess.
0: This one is unusual, and it's unusual in the sense that literally, you know, there's no record keeping whatsoever.
1: He called this one of the biggest messes he's ever seen. You know, he was on... Capitol Hill testifying before Congress just four weeks after taking over FTX and said that the accounting software that the companies were using was QuickBooks, which is like.
0: (laughs) Budget software?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's. For a
0: billion dollar operation.
1: A multi billion dollar operation at its
0: peak. QuickBooks? QuickBooks. Uh, Nothing against QuickBooks, very nice tool, just not for a multi billion dollar company.
1: Also, that there was just no record keeping. You know, if employees had expenses or invoices that they needed to file, they would send them over Slack, um, and then those messages would auto delete. You know, right. after a, a bit of time. So, um, it makes a very difficult job for John Ray, who's trying to track where all the money went and and how they can get it back.
0: Wow. So, how did Sam Bankman-Fried respond to all this? Like, I, I imagine with all this pressure mounting that he'd want to kind of stay quiet and let the process play out, right?
1: Yeah, I think anyone who's watched enough, like, court dramas on TV like I have knows that, like, when you're under investigation or you're facing potential criminal liabilities, you shut up. How concerned are you about criminal liability at this point? That's not what I'm focusing on. I've had a bad month. Um, this is And he just did the absolute opposite of that. There was no person who was chiefly in charge of positional risk of customers on FTX. And that feels pretty embarrassing in retrospect. He has been talking to the media. He's been tweeting. He wrote a lengthy apology to former staffers um, saying, I effed up. This was my fault. I was CEO. Did you know that these funds were being funneled to Alameda, what is your answer? I did not know that there is any improper uh, use of customer funds. But at the same time, he's also defending himself against fraud. He says he never knowingly commingled funds between FTX and Alameda, and that's really the crux of all of this.
0: This is really old-fashioned embezzlement. This is just taking money from customers and using it for your own purpose.
1: John Ray said when he was testifying last week that basically under the orders of Sam Bankman-Fried, he says, FTX moved money, took customer funds, and used them to pay debts and cover positions that Alameda was making.
0: This isn't uh, uh, you know, sophisticated whatsoever. This is just plain old embezzlement. Old school. Old school. There you go.
1: And keep in mind, Alameda is this hedge fund. It's making highly risky leveraged bets that could get anyone in a lot of trouble, but especially in crypto, which is notoriously volatile and and speculative. So the problem there is you can't just commingle funds between two companies that are ostensibly separate. And also, not tell customers that that's what you're doing with their money. I'm Kate Baldwin, let's start
0: with the new developments in the dramatic collapse of the crypto exchange FTX. The S-
1: so, there had been a lot of back and forth between him and members of Congress who wanted him to testify and explain what happened. He eventually agreed to do so, and then the hearing was scheduled. He was on the docket, and everyone was preparing for that. And in more breaking news, the king of crypto arrested, Sam Bankman-Fried, was just taken into custody in the Bahamas. And And then, quite by surprise, he was arrested in the Bahamas on Monday night pending a U.S. extradition order. After a few hours, we learned that federal prosecutors from the Southern District of New York were pressing charges. He's now been indicted on eight criminal counts of various kinds of fraud and conspiracy He's also been sued by the SEC and the CFTC, which are both market regulators who are also accusing him of fraud.
0: So what does this unsealed
1: indictment allege here?
0: But I think it's fair to say that by any, anyone's light, this is one of the biggest financial frauds in American history.
1: Federal prosecutors said that Sam Bankman-Fried, while he was running FTX, stole customer funds and used them to cover Alameda, which is illegal.
0: We charge that Bankman-Fried violated federal campaign finance laws. By-
1: and further used those funds to make political donations, buy luxury properties in the Bahamas, charter private jets, like all kinds of personal uses that were illegal. Last
0: question. In terms of whether we're going to bring charges against anyone else, look, I can only say it this clearly, but we are not done.
1: So Sam himself has denied knowingly defrauding anyone. He's not spoken publicly since he was arrested. His lawyers have told us that they are weighing their legal options. In the Bahamas on Tuesday, he was arraigned before a judge and they denied him bail, saying that he was a flight risk. So he will remain in jail in the Bahamas until an extradition can be worked out. And federal prosecutors in the U.S. said that that is an ongoing process right now.
0: Hmm. So beyond what happens specifically to Sam Bitcoin free, what happens next for the crypto industry? Like if this was supposed to be the future here, like you described earlier, does this alleged fraud by this one guy with this one company, this one hedge fund mean the industry will, you know, have problems going mainstream in the way that a lot of people that use it want it to?
1: The collapse of FTX is rightly, I think, compared to the collapse of Lehman Brothers in traditional banking in 2008, hmm. which, of course, set off the global financial crisis. Now, the crypto industry is kind of a parallel financial system. So the problems in crypto tend to stay in crypto. It hasn't bled over into traditional it's finance like My stock yet.
0: portfolio is not going to be hit by the fall of FTX.
1: Unless you were over <laughs> overplaced in Bitcoin, I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> right. But I think more broadly, it's a blow to the industry's legitimacy in mainstream finance and like efforts to get regular people on board with crypto just took a huge blow because obviously this is a massive headline for crypto. It's
0: like for a lot of people, the only thing they know about crypto now is that this guy allegedly stole money from customers. And why would I want to get into this?
1: Right. Though, in fairness to the crypto faithful, there's a growing number of people who say, like, this is part of a nascent industry growing. And any time that that happens, there's going to be bad apples. And this is like almost um, analogous to the dot-com bubble, where a- there were a ton of tech startups Not all of them were good, but after the tech startups that were bad failed, you had Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Netflix, like you had really strong results afterwards. So I think some people see what's happening in crypto as kind of a a bubble bursting. It's going to be bad. It's going to be hard for a while. But I think people who are really invested and believe in it see this as a as a necessary kind of destruction in order to thrive.
0: Well, Alison, thanks uh, very much for keeping track of this. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much.
0: One Thing is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Matt Dempsey is our production manager, Fez Jamil is our senior producer, Greg Peppers is our supervising producer, and Abby Fentress-Swanson is the executive producer of CNN Audio. Thanks, as always, for listening. Have a nice holiday. We will be back next Sunday with an episode, so if you need a little time away from the tree, we'll be here. Talk to you then. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent.